Comcast Business gives you more for your small business with our new gig speed Wi-Fi plus unlimited data. Ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires new gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement. Welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Amanda Wadsworth, the co-founder of Tiny Pies. Founded in 2010 by Amanda and her mom, Tiny Pies offers sweet and savory pies baked from scratch daily using recipes that go back four generations in Amanda's family. Tiny Pies also use the highest quality ingredients sourced from local farms when in season. Their pies are available in five retail locations in Texas, as well as online where they ship nationwide. In this episode, Amanda chats about how she grew her company from a farmer's market side hustle to a booming business with five retail locations and more on the way, how her company has been able to create joy in people's lives through food, and what's next for Tiny Pies in terms of expansion and growth. You'll definitely want to stick around to hear from Amanda about a particularly moving customer story that reveals just how big of an impact Tiny Pies has on its community. Let's get into the show. I'd love to start by getting some background on where you're from and what you were doing before you founded your company. Sure. I'm actually not totally original to Texas and to Austin, but I moved here in 1976 when I was in third grade. So spent most of my childhood and adult life here, Um, went to the University of Texas, graduated from there, and then raised my family here in Austin. So I definitely consider myself an Austinite and love it. Before Tiny Pies, I was actually selling real estate. I had gotten my real estate license and was selling residential real estate, had actually founded another company that focused in green real estate with me and and three other folks. And so I was doing that when I started Tiny Pies. I read that your son actually inspired the idea for your business. Can you tell me more about that story? Yeah, he did. So my youngest son, Andrew, was about nine years old at the time. We had had dinner and pie for dessert, and he wanted to take it in his lunchbox to school the next day. And I told him that, you know, it was going to be too messy to eat once he got it out of his lunchbox. And so he kind of sat there and thought a little bit and, you know, as kids do super creative and was like, well, mom, you know, why don't you do something that I can eat with my hands? And my mom and I were together and I thought, hmm, you know, that's not a bad idea. And so we, you know, kind of started playing around with that idea. And, you know, she and I had always wanted to work together at some point in our lives. We always kind of, you know, she's a creative, I'm a creative, and we always kind of knew that we would want to do something. And that was kind of the, the light bulb moment that kind of sparked the idea for us to start working together. And we started playing around with old family recipes and, and that's how it came to be. That's one of the really unique things about your business is you have like generation old recipes that you, you still use to this day. I'd love to learn a little bit more about where the love for food and baking began in your family. You're right. We do use four generational recipes. So we're using my great grandmother's recipes at Tiny Pies. It's a wonderful feeling to feel like, I mean, my great grandmother and grandmother are not here with me today, but I know that they are in spirit. It's lovely that they get to still be a part of Tiny Pies and this family business, even though they're, they're no longer here. 
So yeah, you know, I grew up baking with my mom and I remember on weekend mornings smelling her baked goods throughout the house when I was waking up in the morning. It was always so exciting to come down and see what she had baked. I also baked with my both my grandmothers, both my mom's mom and my dad's mom. And my mom grew up baking with her grandmother. And that's where a lot of our original recipes come from. So you and your mom quickly became farmer's market regulars selling your pies. What was the feedback like from your initial customers? And when did you realize you wanted to turn tiny pies into your full-time job? Well, I think that by the time we had launched at the farmer's market, I already had this vision and goal in mind that I wanted tiny pies to be what my next adventure and my next employer would be. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I always, from the first day at the market, I always knew that I was trying to achieve this brick and mortar retail location. That was definitely top of mind for me. But when we showed up at the farmer's market, the first day we sampled our little cinnamon bites, which we actually sell in our stores today. And that gave everybody a sample of what the crust tasted like. And since the crust is such an important part of pie, once people tasted that, they knew immediately that it was going to be something that they enjoyed. And we had baked all evening the night before, and we took 75 pies to the market and it like took everything we had to get these 75 pies there. It was so funny. Um, And we sold out the first day. Wow. I just knew that, you know, from the feedback that we had, people were super excited. They had never seen anything like it. They loved tasting it. We actually looked like we were more established than we were. We took a lot of effort in that. And so I think that helped as well. We had amazing initial success first day. And I just kind of felt from all the energy and and everything that we had a significant little niche here. And I thought we were going to do well. Mm -hmm. And it was um, super exciting. You said that when you showed up at the farmer's market, you looked more established than you really were. Why do you think that was? Before we went to the farmer's market, we actually hired a graphic artist to help design our brand. So when we showed up, we had a brand, we had packaging. People were like, oh, where can we find you in the grocery store? Because we looked like we were a grocery item. We also had, this was pre-Instagram, but we had already kind of launched a Facebook page the very first day at the market. We were doing all of these things to kind of launch out and get the name out and get people to start noticing us. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Packaging and social presence can be crucial for brands because you could have a great tasting product, but there has to be something that draws people to actually get them to taste it. Yeah. What was the growth from farmer's market to your first retail location like? And how did you and your mom, Kit, divide responsibilities to meet demand? Both Kit and I would go to the market together every week. Then we started growing and doing additional markets. So then she and I would split up and we would each have a market on our own. And then over time, it actually took us about three years from the first time we went to the market to opening our first retail location, because we were really trying to find this great location and it took that amount of time. So we were working out of commissary kitchens during that time. So in the beginning, we were both in the kitchens. So we would, Mm -hmm. you know, produce everything and then go sell it at the market it became clear very quickly that to grow outside of just that market-based customer base, one of us was going to have to go out and sell. And so we divided tasks by Kit owned the kitchen part and ran our kitchen for the first two and a half years of the business and ran production. And I kind of went more into business development. So I started going out and meeting with coffee shops and meeting with customers and doing all the things to just get our brand out in the community and, and start drumming up business. 
And so those years leading up to opening the first retail location, did you have like a small team of like part-time people helping out or was it just the two of you? For the first few months, it was just Kit and I. Then we hired two additional bakers and those were part-time folks that would just help us get ready and prepped for the farmer's market. And then we finally brought on a person to do our dough. And so, yeah, in the, in the beginning, it was just, it was just three people part-time and Mm -hmm. me and Kit that did it for quite some time until we opened our first retail location. Sounds like a dream team right there. (laughs) It was kind of a dream team. It was. And we were all, you know, experimenting and doing things together. And it was, it was a hard time, but it was also really exciting Mm because every day we were growing and getting more business and there were always more challenges and more things to figure out, but it was a, it was a really fun, exciting time. I'm curious if you tweaked any of the family recipes behind the pies you sell today, or if they're true to the tradition for the most part of your family recipes. Yeah, no, the pie, um, pie flavors are true to the tradition of how my great grandmother Maud baked. However, we've brought in a bunch of different recipes now and different flavors. And I have a really amazing baking team that's run by two really great chefs and their teams really help come up with fun flavors and interesting things based on, you know, the products that we can source, et cetera. And I do want to clarify for those who aren't regulars at Tiny Pies like myself or who haven't been there often that you do actually offer pies in different sizes. I was hoping if you could give a little bit of rundown of some of your most popular sizes and flavors that your company offers. Yeah, for sure. So tiny pies, if, if uh, your listener hasn't ever seen one, um, our tiny pies are handheld. Um, they're about the size of a cupcake. So it's an individualized serving of pie that you can literally eat with your hand without utensils. So that's the number one sales, um, the number one product in our stores. And we usually have about 12 to 14 different flavors of those per day. And then we do pot pies now. So we offer meat pot pies and vegetarian pot pies. And those are in a five inch tin. And then we do, um, during the holidays, we call them our not-so-tiny pies. So coming up on Thanksgiving here, we'll be selling thousands and thousands of our not-so-tiny pies, which is a traditional nine-inch pie that slices up into six to eight servings. For catering, we do um, something called our teeny-tiny pies, which are kind of like a two-bite, two- to three-bite pie, size of like a mini muffin. And those are great for like, you know, dessert tables and appetizers. We can do them in both savory and sweet. We also have breakfast pies. Um, that are more kind of empanada style almost. They look like that, kind of a fold over pocket pie. Um, And we do those um, every morning with, you know, bacon, egg and cheese and jalapeno egg and cheese. As far as flavors go, we have that traditional seven flavors that we always have on the menu. There's a few fruit, few cream and a couple of nut flavors that are always there. And then we rotate the rest based on seasonality. So any standout flavors for this fall season that we should know about? One of the very best things that I think we make all year round is our turkey pot pie. It's like eating Thanksgiving dinner in a pie. It's layered with cranberry sauce and um, cornbread and turkey and mashed potatoes. And so literally it's like, if you don't want to cook Thanksgiving dinner, you can buy one of those. And it's like having Thanksgiving in a dinner. So that's always a fan favorite during this time of year. Now my mouth is watering. (laughs) I I haven't tried the turkey pot pie one. I need to try that out yeah it launches tomorrow in the stores oh awesome yeah and you can pre-order them for thanksgiving i know that tiny pies also works with local farmers to source seasonal ingredients like you just referenced can you tell me more about how you work with texas farms to obtain the best fruits veggies and meat for your pies 
Yeah. So definitely during the summer, spring and summer months, when um, we can source local produce, local fruit, we do that. You know, we have all kinds of different berry pies and, and everything that we can source locally from usually the berries are coming from East Texas. We source those. And then um, we always kind of all year round try to source all of our herbs and spices that we can from Texas growers. All of our pecans are local. We buy local eggs and we buy local meat too. It's always been really important to us from the day that we started that we would try to support local growers so that when you're buying a tiny pie, you're not just supporting our local business, but you're supporting local farms as well. Um, you know, as we grow, I'd love to see that grow where we can, you know, become big enough where we can actually like go to farms and, and, and have them grow specifically for us. That would be, that would be, wow, that would be kind of a dream come true for me. Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to help them that way. And, and also just support the local Texas agriculture. Yeah, that's amazing. What have been some of the biggest learning lessons from owning and operating multiple brick and mortar locations? I think just the logistics of all of it, the operations behind operating five locations and getting pies to those five locations every day. We bake from a centralized kitchen facility, and then those pies are delivered every morning fresh from that facility. So just the logistics of that. And I think the hardest thing lately has just been staffing through the issues with COVID. And so that has made the process of you know, getting pies out to the stores and just managing all of the teams around the different locations, um, it's been more challenging because of the shortage in staff. So what does your team look like today? So I've got about 50 people on my team now. I've got a handful of managers that, you know, run operations, marketing and kitchen production and catering and retail ops. And then you could kind of divide between bakers and front of house staff, the rest. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've got a really good team of folks and, you know, quite a few of them have been with me for, for a number of years now. So I feel really fortunate and we've got some bakers that have been with us for a really long time as well. It's nice to grow this, this little tiny pies family. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, um, I'm curious, like what your son thinks of everything, since he's the one that kind of sparked the idea for you like when he walks into a tiny pie store I'm sure like that's a good feeling for him to see all that you've accomplished yeah so I have two sons actually my oldest son Lucas is um I have Lucas and Andrew Andrew was the one who suggested it um you know they're both really proud that to me probably means more to more than anything else um is is that they're proud of what I have done and and what their grandmother has done I'm proud that they've been able to see us go on this journey and create something from nothing. I think they both themselves are kind of moving in an entrepreneurial path as well um, through music. They want to be musicians. So it's like nice to see that, that that has kind of rubbed off on them. You know, I have a bulletin board in my bathroom and one of the things that is on it is a little note that my son wrote me when he was probably, this would have been when he was probably 11 or so. And, you know, there's some misspelled words and it's kind of wonky, but we had gotten into the O magazine and had made the O list. It was super exciting for us. Andrew wrote me this note that says, you know, congratulations, mom. Now everyone's going to want your pies. And <laughs> I look at that. I look at that every day and um, it does really inspire me, you know, even on days that are more challenging just to, to keep going. And, and um, it's nice that they've been on this journey with me for sure. It's great too that it's kind of started within your family. 
using yeah. recipes that are from your family and now you're creating like your own family within the tiny pies team yes so I love that that's a an important value for you yeah no it's awesome when did you begin to sell your pies nationwide and what was that growth like for you and your team and facility we actually started um, shipping nationwide really quickly because we just saw that there was a demand for it. Like I said, we made it on the O list in September of 2012. And so we came out in the September issue in 2012. And so we had just been around not even a year. Wow. And so there was a code on that list and everyone then could order the pie pops, which we were selling then. And so we were shipping those nationwide. So it was a, it was a big deal. Um, so we've been shipping since then and it's definitely um, ebbed and flowed. We've seen in a huge increase in e-com through COVID. It was just exponential growth during, during um, COVID because everybody was stuck at home and wanting to send gifts to family and friends when they couldn't be together. We started with this kitchen facility that was behind our Burnett store. And up until last year, that's where we baked everything, tens of thousands of pies. And we shipped out of there. And last year we moved to a new production facility. And part of that is this huge space now for shipping. And so we finally have the space that we need to, <laughs> to spread out and do all the shipping that, um, you know, we were practically literally on top of each other trying to get shipments out the door before that. And we would have so many packages stacked up in our burn it store. Sometimes it's like customers could hardly come into the store because wow. we had all these orders shipping out. So we finally have grown into a facility that can accommodate the amount of shipments that we do. That's great. Your business offers tiny pie gift boxes that people can send. There's even an option to spell things out on the pies, which I think is super cute. But you also cater weddings and plenty of events year round. Have there been any particularly memorable customer orders or events that felt special to you? I think one of them was probably in the very beginning days. It was our second holiday season. And we got this huge order from an oil company in Houston. And they ordered 12 packs to ship across the nation to all of their clients. And it was a huge order. We had had no experience scaling at that level. So just us trying to figure out how we went from what we did on a daily basis to scale to these thousands and thousands of pies within a certain number of days. I remember I pulled in all my friends. We had this packaging line with like, you know, probably four or five of my friends were working to try to help us get this done. I mean, it was super fun, but it was really stressful because it was like, you know, we had never done it before. It was a huge learning, learning curve, but yeah, that was our big, big first order. Now, now orders like that are commonplace and that's Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't raise our blood pressure. But back then it was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I'd say the second thing that was, has been really nice with the business is, you know, I mean, we cater like tons of events every weekend and, you know, a lot of those are weddings. It's lovely to think that our pies are being shared at these amazing occasions, but, you know, I never get to see people enjoying them. And, and, um, a few years back, we actually catered a a wedding of a friend. It was just so lovely to actually be at the ceremony and the reception and actually see her guests enjoy the pies and hear the feedback. It's always lovely when you can actually hear what people are thinking about the pies. And so that was a lovely experience. Yeah, and that kind of is a good segue into your company mission that we, we've we talked a little bit about, but essentially to spread joy through food, right? So yeah. can you tell me more about how you carry out that mission and the impact you've seen it have on your community of customers? You know, I think that 
what we're trying to do with tiny pies is create, you know, tiny moments in everyone's life. That comes from putting down your phone and, and really enjoying your food when you're experiencing it. Food for us, as I said earlier in the podcast, food in my family was how we connected. Our customers are just an extension of our family. And so it's natural for me and my family to connect over food. And it's super natural for us to share food and offer up these tiny moments for people to sit down and connect with one another. It's all about creating connection and communities. For instance, like this Thanksgiving that's coming up, tens of thousands of people will sit down and eat tiny pies during this traditional meal, but they're creating a moment in their life and we become a part of their traditions and a part of those family and and friend experiences. And it just is wonderful to be included. And I feel very honored. It's a really amazing impact when you really stop and think about how many people are eating your family recipes. And I know that sort of carries out your grandmother and great grandmother's legacy as well. So for sure, it's pretty cool. Well, and you know, I think over the years, Kit and I worked the counter at our Burnett store when we first opened. And so we would hear, you know, all of these anecdotal stories from customers. And there was a customer that came in that was undergoing chemotherapy and she would come in every Thursday and she would buy one Texas two-step pie. And she said that that was her reward for getting through chemo. It was, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it was just heartwarming to me to think that we had created something that helped her get through this really difficult experience in her life. And that we brought her, no matter how bad her week was, how bad she was feeling. There was like this little bite of joy in her life that allowed her to escape that pain and, and stress and probably fear that she was experiencing during that time. And there's many, many, many more stories like that. That's why we do it. And, and like I said, there's just nothing better than, than allowing people to escape their life for a moment and and create a a tiny moment that, you know, brings them peace and joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, sure. When we first spoke, you also talked about how you intentionally grew your business slowly and bootstrapped to stay present in your son's lives. What advice would you give to someone who's trying to grow a business while juggling other responsibilities, whether that's being a parent or working multiple jobs? It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard to start something from scratch. And especially when you are stretched with other responsibilities in your life. I think that some people think that, oh, owning your own business is the easiest thing. You get to be your own boss. And it's really the opposite of that. It's like the hardest thing you'll ever do. You need to have a clear plan, whether that's that you sit down with someone and and write a business plan, but you need to have a clear plan and you need to understand if you're having to put money into it or you're not going to be able to pay yourself for some period of time, you're going to need to know, you know, how long can you go that way? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really important. I think surrounding yourself in the beginning with advisors and mentors is really important Um, to find people who have done what you have done and are willing to give of their time, which most people are. I mean, if you just ask, it's, it's surprising how many people are just so generous with giving you their time and helping you out. And then staying kind of true to yourself and, and making sure too, that you are taking time for yourself because it's really difficult and you can get, you can get burned out quickly if you're not also taking care of yourself and trying to have some work-life balance. That's a great point. And actually something that a lot of previous guests have discussed is not forgetting to make yourself a priority. Otherwise, your business will eventually fail to keep running if you if you don't have some sort of balance. 
Yeah, it's hard. The work, the work-life balance is hard when you're a founder. And especially in the beginning when it's just most of the time, it's just kind of you or just you and a couple of other people and people are wearing multiple hats because, you know, you just don't have the funds to, to hire all the people that you need in the business at that time. And I think it's also prioritizing. I mean, you've got to really prioritize and, and, um, and intentionally put your energy where you're the highest, best use. That means, you know, knowing what meetings not to sit in on, knowing things that, that someone else can handle that don't really actually need you. And intentionally focusing your energy is also really important. Mm-hmm. Well, looking ahead, can you share any insight on what's next for Tiny Pies, like any upcoming goals or plans for the future that your customers should know about? Sure. We will definitely be opening new retail locations in uh, 2023, and um, those will be in cities outside of Austin. So we will be, um, yeah, we'll be, we're really excited about that. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest, um, the biggest thing that I can share is that there might be stores coming near you if you're outside of the city limits of Austin. Very cool. I love the cliffhanger. Well, um, (laughs) I do want to ask, put you on the hot seat really quick and ask you if you could only one tiny pie for the rest of your life, which tiny pie would you pick? That's really hard. Can I say by season? That's true because they're seasonal. Yeah. Yeah. In the summer, it would be strawberry rhubarb. Mm. In the fall, it would be our s'mores pie, which is so delicious. Probably all year, it would be coconut cream. And then winter, probably cranberry apple. Good choices. So everyone listening, those are the ones to try first (laughs) if you haven't. (laughs) Well, Amanda, I like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide a few words of wisdom. Um, You've already done a great job of that, but I do still want to ask you, what is your biggest piece of advice for founders and entrepreneurs? One of the things that I've learned over time is just to trust my gut. Like I said, I think it's really important to talk to advisors and have a mentor and and have people who can be sounding boards for you as you're developing and growing your brand. But at the end of the day, it's your business. And unless they're working in the business, no one knows it as well as you do. Listening to your instincts, like nine times out of 10 are going to be right. And I have found that when I haven't listened to my instincts and I've allowed other people to get in my head about what I should be doing, it usually doesn't work. I would say that's the fundamental thing. And I I mean, I think that's just being human. You should listen to your instincts, right? I mean, in your everyday life, Mm -hmm. you should listen to your gut. So it doesn't change when you're a business owner. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And definitely, I think everyone can relate to going through moments where you didn't listen and you learned a lesson and then the next time you, you know better. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining me on the podcast. This has been a great conversation. Before I let you go, can you please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and Tiny Pies online and on social media and where they can buy your pies? Yeah, sure. So you can find us on our website at tinypies.com and you can pre-order there, order for pickup or delivery. And you can find us on social on Instagram, which is just at Tiny Pies. Facebook is at Tiny Pies. TikTok at Tiny Pies. I'd love for you guys to go like us on our Instagram. Our Instagram got hacked last year. We had 55,000 followers and now we have 3,000. So um, it was really sad to, and kind of priceless for us to lose that. So yes, I encourage everybody to go find us on social. 
we have five locations in and around Austin, Central Texas. So we have four in Austin, one on Burnett Road, one on South Lamar at Lamar Union. We have one in Westlake inside the Blenders and Bowls on Bee Caves and Reveille. We are a store and store concept there. And then we have a store on Lomans Crossing in Lakeway. And then our first location outside of Austin is in Waco, Texas on Franklin Avenue in the Union Hall Food Hall. So you can find us there as well. Thank you so much to Amanda for joining me on the podcast. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us next week for a new episode of Office Chats. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 